welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high impact life. Now here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It is great to have you joining us today. And I've got a treat for you today. One of my best and longest time friends, I won't even tell you how long we've known each other, but it's a long time, is with us today, Tim Story, uh, life coach to so many celebrities, a fantastic speaker and author, and someone who really is in many different worlds in the business world in the entertainment world in the in the church world he's just has so many marvelous experiences and he has written uh, a new book called the miracle mentality and today we are going to talk about that book and some of his marvelous insights so tim welcome to the point of impact podcast rick good to be with you and good to talk to the smartest guy on campus a lot of people don't know that about you, Rick, but I do. We went to the same college, and uh, no doubt about it, Rick McDaniel's smartest guy on campus. Well, I hope I'm still still the smartest guy, but we'll see. We'll see if after this interview if I am. So let's just jump right in, and there's so much we could talk about today, but let's just talk about the the book because you have this fascinating framework where you talk about the messy, the mundane, the madness, and ultimately the miracle. And I just know all of our listeners just really want to try to understand that. So can you just break that down for us today, Tim? Yeah, Rick, part of it is just my observation of traveling a lot that um, in the ministry that I chose was kind of like uh, John Maxwell, motivational talking and speaking. And I got a chance to go around the world and, and do this. And I would find that a lot of people were living in what I called the land of okay. Like, hey, how's your life? Okay. How are your kids? Okay. How's your church even doing? Okay. And as I begin to think about this land of okay, I love words. And so I thought, wow, they're kind of talking about this mundane living this normal regular status quo living i thought okay nothing wrong with mundane when it comes to chores but if you are describing your life as just okay or mundane that's probably not so good but then i saw that there were these levels of m's the mundane the messy when the messy and the mundane mix it's not a real good combination because you begin to lose what I call in this book, the miracle mentality. So Rick, I began to see people living in the mundane, the messy, and then to escalate it, the madness, which is the chaotic. And when you get into that chaotic side, when life is now pushing you around, you are not making room for miracles, something extraordinary, something supernatural to come into your life. And so this, book is about how to align yourself with the miracle mentality and really let the real you surface. 
Yeah, it's fantastic because people can relate to that and they can relate to the madness uh, for sure. And I think that, you know, they can relate to the messy too because, man, life does get messy. And then just the mundane. I think especially millennials, you know, they just almost abhor boredom. They just think it's the worst thing in the world. So they just don't want to live mundane lives. And, you know, I know that you work with millennials and you talk to them and sort of their dreams and their aspirations. Uh, but it seems as if they, they've really bought into this idea that if they can just be become a celebrity that's going to do it for them that'll lift them out of the mundane but uh, very few people it's like the commercials for the NCAA tournament right oh very few make it into the pros most athletes don't get that far most people aren't going to get that far what do you say to someone in their 20s uh, early 30s that is like I'm it's mundane Tim and I want celebrity and what can you say to them about what it means to live in the miracle mentality and not necessarily have to be a celebrity Number one, what a great observation. And, you know, we're, me and you are both parents. So we get it from that perspective. But we also get it because we pay attention and we watch how a lot of people are responding to life. I think, in fairness to people at that age group that you're talking about, is that they have these images and insights coming at them nonstop, like never before about this whole celebrity culture. And I'm glad that you brought up that word because I know you're a wordsmith. And the word celebrity means to be celebrated. And so when I speak to young people, a lot of times I talk about, you are our celebrity already. If you're celebrated, if you're celebrated just by even your grandmother, <laughs> according to the dictionary, you're a celebrity. Just to, just to, just to be celebrated by somebody even if your dog celebrates you, you're a celebrity. <laughs> so to, to, to me, this idea of getting to the point of uh, celebrity is, is such a, a silly idea that does not usually end well. So when I talk about miracle mentality, let me tell you how I break this down. Like if, if Rick McDaniel was to go into your city and speak to a group of six and seven-year-olds, and when you got done with your motivational talk, if you said to these kids, what do you guys want to be when you get older? And one kid may say, an NBA player. Another kid may say, the president, a little girl, a ballerina. So why are they thinking that way? Because of the way we both believe. We believe because we're made in the image of God. So I believe that we have a miracle mentality that is in our DNA. But it's something then that needs to be cultivated instead of somebody coming into your life and trying to get you to step into a reality that is their reality. And so one of the things about your life, because I know your life, is that you had good mentors around you that pulled out your miracle mentality and told you that you could. Yeah. 
Yep, man, you're right. The mentors, the the influence. And of course, this is what's great about what you're doing here because you've got your speaking, but now with this book, you can be a mentor to people from afar. And there's certainly something to, to be said for that. I mean, this message, I was on Clubhouse with you, you know, a week or so back and people are just eating it up, man. They're just, they're just starved for this kind of information. They just really need it. Now, there, there's something you talk about in your book. And man, I tell you, it just jumped off the page to me. You talked about accepting uncertainty and you know you you mentioned about how many um, of the 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 celebrities the famous folks the people in Hollywood that you've worked with and athletes and how many of them even they struggle with this and I thought man if they struggle with this what about the rest of us so just talk to us more about how the miracle mentality works in regards to accepting uncertainty in life so as you know, the miracle mentality is their stages. So number one, you can go from believing in miracles. And as we both know, most people believe in the miraculous. So you got to go from believing to the, here's the tough one for most is expecting. So I was with some people the other day and, um, I ordered an Uber. So, um, so the guy says, well, let me track and see how far your car is. And it said eight minutes. And then he goes, well, let me look again. It was a young guy. And I, we looked again. He goes, oh, it's only four minutes away. Because he wanted to know how much time he could talk to me. So he was expecting that Uber to come because we ordered the Uber. So you got to believe and then you got to expect. And, and that's, that's a key thing right there in this idea of uncertainty. That if you believe in the God of miracles and you believe in the God of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When you go from believing to expecting, then you can be certain even in the midst of uncertainty. And you can be steady in unsteady. Yeah. That's good. That's good because we need it. You know, these are unsteady times and, and there's no one that can guarantee certainty in any really in almost anything in life. And, and really, as we know, it's really out there on the on the the world of 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 risk and belief that that's where all the good stuff, that's where all the fun stuff happens. And and yet inherent in that is this idea of uncertainty. So you talk again in your book about an uncommon life. And I know this is a theme that you've developed before, but I'd like you to just kind of unpack that for our listeners today, because I, I just think that so many of us want an uncommon life. We don't want a common life, but in order to have uncommon life, certain things need to happen. Tell us, tell us what needs to happen to move from common to uncommon. There are steps to, to regaining your uncommon thinking because studies have been um, provided that, you know, most kids are thinking uncommon thoughts. That's why they have imaginary friends <laughs> and you could give them like one toy and they're playing with it, you know, for two hours straight and all, all it is is Spider-Man, you know, or a little girl with a doll. But so, I think this idea of getting back to uncommon thoughts takes steps. And the steps that I talk about is number one, you have to become awake and that is to be conscious. What I, 
what I find is that many times there are things that cause us to wake up. And th this is an interesting study, Rick. They find one wake-up call for people is when they actually are at somebody's funeral. That they're at a funeral and they wake up and say, oh my gosh, like my friend really passed away. Like this really happened. And one of the biggest wake-up calls to people is a funeral. The second is broken relationships of, oh my gosh, he, he really left me or she really left me or a divorce or some kind of tragedy, okay? Or illness is another one. But, but you don't have to go all through all that to get awake. But first thing you have to do is become awake to get to this uncommon life. Secondly, you have to take inventory. Man, that's a tough one for people. You got to take inventory. You have to look around and say, how am I in my mindset? How am I in my spirit? How am I in my physical body? How are my kids really doing? How is my marriage really doing? Or how is my singleness really doing? How is my job? How is my finances? So number one, you become awake. Number two, you take inventory. And number three, you have to say, what kind of principles am I living by? And Rick, how powerful is that? Because that's you. You're you're one of the best teachers I know. You teach you teach the principles of an uncommon life. Even the name of your show is about uncommon living. And so, yes. So so for people, uh, if you want to get to the uncommon place, what kind of principles are you following? They better be uncommon principles. And they better work. They, be, they better be proven and tried and true. And certainly that's what you and I have been living by for uh, the better part of our entire adult lives because those principles do work. And when you, you know, you see them work over and over again. And let's just talk a little bit about that in terms of a miracle mentality because you have seen some very amazing miracles take place. And obviously that has to build in terms of your mentality. So just talk to folks about the idea that they're like, I don't know, you know, I believe in this miracle stuff, expecting it, maybe I could, but just walk them through just some, some of your own life about how you've seen things that have opened your mind to the place that you can write a book called The Miracle Mentality because you really do in fact have the miracle mentality. Yes, and thank you, Rick. I think, again, you, you have to believe then you expect miracles like I was expecting the Uber. But then you have to be willing to receive miracles. And this is interesting. I think a lot of miracles are trying to knock on people's doors and they don't feel worthy. And uh, it could be a friendship. It could be an opportunity. And so many people don't feel worthy of upgrading their lives. And that miracles are either coming or going at all times. And a miracle is knocking on people's doors and they don't want to let the miracle in because they feel like I got pregnant at 15 or I got divorced or uh, I was not a great parent or this happened in my life. And this is very common in the life coaching that I do with people that they might even be a famous movie star, but they don't expect miracles to happen let's say in their marriage, but they expect it maybe in their movies, but not in their marriage. So you could believe in miracles. You got to expect them. Then you got to receive them. 
And then what happens, the more you receive them, you become a miracle. And if I could just say and brag about my friend here, that's what's happened to your life. In my opinion, you become a miracle because you have, were raised in the miracle mentality from your father and people around. You did your own research, your own study. You married a woman that has a miracle mentality, right? And you, you embrace this miracle mentality and this mindset together. So you believe, you expect, you receive, you become. And then here's the, the, the fifth point that's amazing. You become a miracle releaser. So, man, this is where life is. When you walk in a room and you could change the atmosphere with a miracle mentality. Well, that's what you are. You are a miracle releaser. That's what you've been doing for years. And now you've got a book out there that really just explains it and also tells, you know, the stories. And so I want to brag on you a little bit. You're going to brag on me. Just all the great people that you've helped, all these famous people that so many of us know that uh, you've redefined celebrity for us. So I got to come up with another word now. But, you know, the famous folks, the folks that we all know that we see on TV and in the movies and that you've in music and listen to. And and so just tell us a story or two, you know, that just would just show us what it means to just really be like a miracle releaser and how you've been able to help people, even people that we think that person needed help and they did. We all need help. Like you say, someone may be doing great in their career, but in their marriage, it isn't the same. So uh, give us a story that, that, that you can share with us. I'll just say, and, and when I talk about people, it's just, it's what I do for a living. You know, everybody, has jobs. I, I told one guy one time, I said, if I walk, if I work with horses, I talk about horses, <laughs> but I, I've, I've worked with celebrities for over 30 years, but let's take, let's take Robert Downey. So Robert Downey Jr. I met in 1999, a friend of mine who I just ate dinner with two nights ago. Um, he is known as like the gatekeeper of Hollywood. And he's, he's introduced me to no less than 40, a-list celebrities to help and and literally no less than 40 and so this guy is good at what he does and he attracts those kind of people because he's good at what he does so robert downey was struggling and this gentleman that introduced me to him had at that point probably introduced me to seven a-list celebrities that i was helping and told robert you got to talk to my friend tim so uh, I didn't know it was going to be Robert. I'm just sitting at a restaurant in Beverly Hills on Sunset Boulevard, and the Robert Downey Jr. walks in. He was already an amazing actor. It was before Iron Man. And we just dialogued about his life and that he was struggling, and he was he was spiraling in his life. And so from that point, I began to help him. And And it's an interesting thing that, I helped him, but he also helped me because I was strong in an area of recovery to discovery and recovering from things that he had been through in his childhood and recovering from things he was dealing with presently. But he was so brilliant and is so brilliant in his mind and his creativity. So it, it's interesting to me, Rick, that a lot of people that I life coach, it may have started with Tim's story helping them, 
but a lot of them have really expanded the way I do things and have seen life. So it's been a beautiful thing for Robert to take me on his journey to really say great things about me, nice things about me, uh, to put me on his board for prison reform, ARC, helping the incarcerated, to let me be part of his life. Uh, but what a what a comeback to to really be struggling to where he was on a famous magazine and basically they said he was done and then to become Iron Man and do the things that he's done as a businessman and, you know, to to just break through walls that people didn't expect him to break through. So I think that's a great uh, setback to comeback story back book and i know you you've written one too for sure i have the top 10 comebacks of all time he's in that list he's in the list of top 10 comebacks because i mean he just went he went so low as you know because you helped him through that and you know end up in jail and prison and 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 just substance abuse and of course i know you've you're doing great work and i mean even around the world not even just in america but around the world with recovery and so many people are challenged by addiction and man we could talk about so many things but let's just take a moment just share a little bit about that because I mean if you I'm going to tell you I think if you're not struggling with some kind of life controlling issue you probably have someone in your family or definitely one of your friends who is and so man we need help in this area just give us some of your insights after years of working in this Yes. And, and Rick, I think, you know, part of the thing of, of my early struggle of like coming from a lower income family and, um, you know, there wasn't many people that had graduated from um, college. I was a second. I had one other cousin that had graduated college uh, before me. You know, in, in, in our culture and in, in my family, there was depression. There was alcoholism. Uh, that was very, very uh, strong in, in the family that had a grip on our family, but also people around me. So I, I saw a lot of people acting disorderly as a child and I didn't like the feeling. I didn't like the chaos. I didn't like the confusion. I didn't like how a room could go high and then low just because somebody walked in in a certain state. And instead of running from it and saying, well, that's not me. I run from it. And, and I'm just going to just not be around people like that. It gave me a heart for people because I thought, you know, these are probably good people, but something's got a hold of them. So I started working in the recovery space very early in life. And a lot of it started with my brother's friends. I mean, I was really into God at 15, 16, 17 years of age. And I used to witness to them about God. I led a lot of them to, to the Lord. And uh, I began to disciple a lot of people in, in high school. And so I was like a recovery coach as a teenager. <laughs> so that was, that was just my thing. I, I didn't like the feeling of uh, something being out of control, Rick. And I knew that if somebody would work with the process. That yeah, that's... That's so that's so vital, so important. Well, I want to talk about another part of your book um, that spoke to me in in so many ways and certainly even just on our own friendship where you talk about the chapter on relationships. 
And you have this very, very powerful statement where you basically say, if you want to know about the state of your own life, what's the state of your friends? Who, what is the state of your friends? And I just watched this over the years, uh, this, this verse in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, that says, bad company corrupts good character. And I just, it just is such a powerful verse to me. It's also like, it's so negative. And I would love if I wrote the Bible, which I did not, I might say, you know, uh, positive influence will bless your life or something. But that's not what it says. It says, you know, it just says it like real, like, hey, this is the deal. Bad company is going to corrupt your good character. And, and, you know, I just look at our own friendship over all these years, a couple of young men, a couple of young single college guys with all these big dreams. And then all these years later, all the neat things and all the great things that God has done. And part of it has been that we've had this lifelong friendship where the state of the friend has been such a positive influence. And I just want to thank you for the positive influence you've had over my life. And, and I just want you to just talk a little bit about those folks that are, that are out there. And let's just face it. They really need, and it's hard, but they really need to look at like who they're hanging out with. If they're going to get to the miracle place and they're going to have the miracle mentality, they might not be able to get there with the present group they're hanging with. In fact, as you're saying this, you, you know as well as I do, it, it, it may be one of the most important components because you could you could be the right person. Like in the, the area where I live, Southern California, you know, in certain areas, you always see people jogging or uh, bicycling. You know, people are really into being in shape. And, you know, one minute I'm, 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 a, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegetarian. Okay. So, so you could be the right person and you could even have the right plan. Like you could have a life coach, you know, you, you could have a master plan. You could have gone to uh, Tony Robbins, uh, 27 dev- a day straight uh, a campaign. <laughs> and, and, and now you're the right uh, person with the right plan. But if you have the wrong people in your life, you're in trouble and you're, you're, you're so right. And then the other scripture that I think is so amazing is when it says he who walks with the wise will become wise himself, but a companion of fools, his life will unravel. And wow, wow, wow. In one translation, it says he who walks with the wise will stack up more wisdom. Now, so here's what I believe, Rick. If there was a party and there's 50 people in a room for three hours, the foolish people are going to find each other and they're going to be in a corner within an hour. (laughs) It's the truth. And so it's like when we were on campus at the college we went to, and you see in a lot of uh, what I write or my stories, I say seminary because I can't even explain the school we went to. They're like, is it a, is it a that or that? So I, that's why you hear me say, when I went to seminary, okay. So, but in the, in the college that we went to, Rick, is that certain people, we found each other. 
we were from different cultures, but we found each other because like attracts like. And you are so right as an amazing leader that you are that we have to really take inventory once again. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of things that are trying to do you harm, your family harm, your livelihood, your dreams harm, are you partnered with the right people right now? And if not, you need to start shifting some things around. The truth. And, you know, that's that is really great what you said about how the, you know, the sort of like attracts like and somebody at a party because you, you really you do think about it. So here you and I meet. We're different races. I'm an East Coaster. You're a West Coaster. I mean, we've got some real differences there in terms of it, the way this world tries to divide us. And and so we're you know, now, of course, we had a, a shared love and, and athletic uh, abilities and all those things. That was certainly something that drew us together. But I mean, we yeah, different parts of the country and different backgrounds. But again, what that sort of what you now call the miracle mentality, it, we had it. And and so it drew us together. It drew us toward each other. And then all these years later, it's kept us together as friends. And I think you're you're right on the money. And man, you just have got to be able to find those kind of people in your life for sure and get rid of the ones uh, that are that are taking you away from miracle mentality and get the ones that will help you to stack up the wisdom. Man, that is that is great. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny all these years, all the many, many talks we've had. And yet here we are for the first time ever kind of sharing one of our talks with the world, you know, instead of just private Rick and Tim conversations. So it's just been so fun just to be able to to talk with you uh, where other people can listen in and hear. And of course, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about all kinds of things that I'm sure folks would love to hear. But um, we we just uh, don't have time for all that. But it's been great talking with you today. And again, just want to say The Miracle Mentality by Tim Story. It's a book, of course, you can get anywhere books are sold. And it's 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 becoming a big, big best-selling book. And I would just highly encourage you to get it. At the end of the book, there are inventories. There is, is work that you can do. So it isn't just read a book and be done. You can take what you've read and you can begin to put it into a plan and into practice. And I just couldn't... Uh, I couldn't encourage you more to do that. And again, Tim, it's great talking with you today. So much fun to be able to do this. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. And to all of you listeners, thanks for listening in uh, today to our episode with Tim's story, The Miracle Mentality. And we look forward to you joining us again next week for a new episode. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode. 